Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good evening. Welcome to the Vibrarian Radio Show. My name is Joelle and I'm your host, the Vibrarian. My goal is to elevate and empower you with information that I hope you find positive and uplifting. Every week we're here on Thursday nights where I get to have an exploration of all things mysterious, unknown, and keep up to date on all of the current things that are happening. There are no stones that I leave unturned. There's no topic that is off limits. And I love it when you call in and contribute your energy to the program. You can connect with us through Blog Talk Radio on the Vibrary Radio Network. You can find our homepage for the shows at blogtalkradio.com slash thevibrary. That's V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. Also, you can join my community known as the Good Vibe Tribe on my Facebook page. You can find that also at The Vibrarian, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. People want to know why there's an E in the middle of the word, and that is because it's all about energy and what you bring into your reality. So, of course, I wanted to bring that into the business that I've been working on. I have wonderful projects and things going on right now, and you can find out about all of those by connecting to the Facebook community. You can also follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm always out in the wild capturing moments that I think are valuable, and I love sharing those with people and invite you to share also with me. So if you have something that you'd like to share, please post it on our page, send it through Instagram, tag us, reach out. Our radio programming on the Vibrary Radio Network is very interesting to me, and I hope that the audience finds it as well. Every Tuesday evening is the Psychic Inside Show. On this particular broadcast, I'm interviewing different people who have opened up to their psychic gifts and abilities. The purpose of this is that I believe everyone is psychic. You just may not realize it, recognize it, or accept it. And that by hearing the stories of other people's experiences, it will help you put it into context, some of the things that you might have experienced. Um, I have several weeks of upcoming amazing people who are going to be joining me on this show. Next week I've got Lady M, Martha Rivers, who is an Atlanta area psychic medium She's been on TV with uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta and is quite known actually internationally. She has clients from all over the world and has been a practicing psychic medium for almost, I think, over 30 years. And so I'm really excited to have her on the show. And then on August 8th, uh, excuse me, August 1st, I have Emily Harrison of the Akashic Academy. Emily is an Akashic record reader, and she will be on sharing her story on the 1st. And then on our show for the Vibrarian on August, we're actually going to devote our whole conversation to the Akashic records, find out exactly what those are, how you can access them, and uh, work with them to improve your life and put yourself kind of into a context through all of the things that you have experienced as a soul over your lifetime. 
those are just a couple of the interesting people and topics that I have lined up. And you can keep it up to date with the full schedule, again, by following the blogtalkradio.com slash the library. And if you are a person who would like to share your story on the show, please reach out as well. Email me at joelle, J-O-E-L-L-E, at thevibrarian.com. And I would love to have you on to share your psychic life story with the listening audience. And if you want to talk about something that's interesting that you have a question about that you've always been curious about or even if you're skeptic about it, go ahead and give me a call and we'll explore it together. The phone line for the show is 646-668-8988, and you can call in. If you do want to join the conversation, go ahead and press the one key, and I'll bring you on and see what information you have and um, uh, what we can find out for you. So I think that was all the housekeeping there. Wow, that was quite a lot. Um, (laughs) So this evening, I just am having a general update, continuing on from last week where um, I was on with several uh, people who contributed to the conversation. We talked a lot about, we had a section on pendulums, how those work and strategies and tactics for using them as a tool of divination and what exactly divination is. Uh, We also talked some about uh, shamanism and then Native American and indigenous peoples and their belief systems and energy around that as well. And I I do want to bring out that one of the callers to the show, um, her name was Jill, she brought up a video um, project, a documentary that was created by the Wellbrighty movement, and that's W-E-L-L-B-R-E-I-T-Y. And the, the documentary was called The Journey of Forgiveness. And I actually wound up watching that the day after the show went off. You can find it on on YouTube. It's a free uh, video that you can uh, stream without having to pay anything. And basically, as I understand the project, they, there has been a great trauma, of course, as we know from the um, genocide of Native Americans during the colonialist period of this country, and then on into um, this present, this last century in the 1800s as people moved westward and encroached on native uh, places where natives lived. They didn't necessarily say it was native lands because the, the belief that, I believe that the belief system is that the land is itself. You're just partnering with it as you reside on it. So, um Push to the reservations. We all know that that's basically where um, our Native peoples ended up, those that survived, and then their generations have lived there um, for a couple hundred years now. Um, But there was a movement to remove children from the Native American communities. It was almost, I believe it was really a government policy, and so that took place in the 1800s up and through, I think, even the 70s and 80s, that children were moved from the community, sent to boarding schools, separated from their family, their cultural traditions and language were uh, squashed and not permitted in those environments, and the whole purpose was the idea to supposedly civilize these, these young children. And so the Wellbrighty Project, what they did is they went around the country, and I think they said it was a 7,000-mile 
journey totality by the time they went around to collect these stories. And so this documentary is the oral interviews and recollections of people who actually experienced this, of what it was like for them to have their hair cut, what it was like for them to be separated from their family, when they might have had siblings who disappeared into the boarding schools and then were abused so terribly that they wound up dying. And so there, it was a very emotional documentary, I have to say, but it brought something out that I had never considered in terms of the great wounding that has occurred on the planet. And I believe that it was important that that topic came up last week because we are in a period where there is a great opportunity as we discover um, many of the atrocities and harms and, and imbalances to move through that without responding in anger, but by responding to that with forgiveness um, and I've seen several of the communities that I'm attached to on Facebook talking about forgiveness. And it's all kind of come from different angles. But I know that, um, that of course, unconditional love is the answer to pretty much everything, not unconditional hate. So if forgiveness is really the ultimate act of unconditional love because it does not hold a list of grievances. So, you know, for these people who have an opportunity to share their trauma, to put out to the world this thing that they experienced that significantly changed their life, I think is very important to them healing to have a voice as well as to others being healed through these recollections. And as we know, as elder generations pass on, we can lose so much of their knowledge that they through their experience. And I see things all the time that talk about, well, the last World War I veteran has passed away. Um, you know, the veterans of the wars, you know, who survived and into old age, capturing their stories of what war was like for them and, and terrible horrors and things that they saw with Agent Orange and during the Holocaust. I just believe it is so important for us to be heard and that there is a healing in those hearings. And so I definitely want to recommend to our listening audience that you check out The Journey of Forgiveness by the Wellbrighty Movement. It's about an hour and a half long, and that you, you know, sit with the energy that it brings in for you. If you care to pop over to the Facebook page and then comment about your experience watching it, I definitely uh, would uh, be open to that because it, it – triggered a lot of things in me that I wanted to talk about. And, of course, it was rather uh, emotional. I'm sure that I had a tissue or two <laughs> during the time that I watched it. But, again, I think it's so important to the healing of our society that we start to acknowledge that these are not um, old wives' tales and that people say sometimes, oh, it really wasn't that bad. People exaggerate their oppression. And I think it's interesting because, you know, the people who are being oppressed kind of finally kind of get tired of saying, you know what, we're being repressed here. Uh, you know, somebody please hear us. And so these kinds of things with these oral histories really do capture the real person. And you can see from their emotion that um, it is something that actually happened to them. It's not a figment of their childhood man imaginations. And um, it certainly 
um, a lot of the psychics that I've had on the show on Tuesday evening have also talked about um, working with spiritual energy in a way that provides a healing transition from their passing. So it seems to me that this is coming from a lot of different angles. And rather than dwelling in anger about anything that we're receiving in the current energies, that we go ahead and move to a place of compassion in how we view that, acknowledging the seriousness of it, and, and moving forward. So I definitely wanted to bring that out to our listeners that were joined in last week. But in general, I would love to get you up to date on the energies that are going on because it is quite a busy time. And I'm hoping and I believe that I have our resident astrology expert on the line. I just love her to death, and I'm going to see who we've got. We've got several callers on the line right now. And if you would like to join in to join the conversation, want to contribute, ask a question, definitely give me a Press one, and then I'll know that you want to come on the air. So um, right now I have a caller who has the area code 561. Hello, you're on the Vibrarian Show. Who am I speaking with? You've got the Beachside Astrologer. How you doing, Don? Yay! Hey, Virginia, everyone. Thank you for calling. This is Virginia, the Beachside Astrology. You can find her on Facebook and also online with, at her website, uh, your website's up, right? Beachside Astrology. I don't know, but my Facebook my Facebook page certainly is. Oh, awesome! I'm so, so I'm so busy sitting in the sun and talking to people about astrology, getting into the eclipses that I haven't even checked the this business of business. Well, I'll tell you what, Virginia is has been a practicing and a practicing predictive astrologer for over 30 years and this is a form of astrology that is very much experiential she has gained years of wisdom about how particular energies actually manifest into people's behaviors and experiences and she brings all that knowledge and wisdom to the table when you get advice from her so i'm so glad you could join us virginia because as you mentioned this is eclipse season coming up and we've got some new moons some eclipses and solar gateways and all lion's gateway and all manner of stuff so i was hoping you could get everybody a rundown of what we've got coming up for the next month oh absolutely honey actually it's the next couple of months and and we are absolutely in the pathway of it now so there's a lot of things that are going on, and it is in Leo, and it's our time to roar. Leo is the big-hearted lion. Leo is almost always beneficial. Leo brings to light what is good. Leo also will take away what is no longer good in order to make um, room for what is good. So we've got okay. all kinds of things happening, and they start around July 23rd, and they move right on through to the major solar eclipse that is going to run right across all of the United States on August 21st. And this okay. uh, eclipse on August 21st, we're already in the energy cycle of. And this is um, eclipses that started... There's always um, eclipse seasons, 
and eclipses go mm-hmm. back and they have families. So we need to go back to about August 22nd, 1978. The first, you know, the first in this series that most of us will remember hit at 29 Leo. This one's going to be almost at 29 Leo. So what was going on in your life? You know, we look back, we look back. Although history doesn't repeat itself, the energy repeats mm-hmm. itself. Then again, on August, in August of 1998, at 28 Leo. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, that was a phenomenal time. I got in, I got, uh, I was inducted in the union and I started to work in film and television, which was a lifelong dream. So it's a time of culmination for things that perhaps we've wanted for a long time and we just couldn't grasp, Mm -hmm. just couldn't grasp yet. wasn't our time. Well, this could be Mm -hmm. our time. So it's our time to reach out, grab a hold of it, smile, and go on up. Go on up to where we need to be. It's like, don't be afraid of it. Okay. So I guess we can't um, say grab the bull by the horns because that would be Taurus, but um, some, something similar energetically in terms of moving but we forward can definitely fearlessly. Hug that, yep, we can hug that lion and um, listen to it roar. And when you think about uh, the Leo season, in August, and you see, Leo is the lion. It's the king. Matter of fact, um, Leo is, during that time, more kindnesses come through than even in some of the uh, holiday seasons that we would consider Christmas and the rest, um, Mm -hmm. when people are jovial and they want to help others. So the Leo season is just that. Those things are going on. Now, I know that the first one happened um, in Leo this year in February. It was around, I think, February 11th, right around there. Depending upon where it is in your chart, because you know I'm a teaching astrologer and I want everyone to be empowered and know exactly where their planets are and where things are hitting in their chart. So if somebody has a chart and they know, then you should see what house it's hitting it. And that's going to give you, or landing in, or transiting through. And that's going to give you the flavor of the energy that's going on. Okay. So, so say the first, the first transit's going on in July, and that's maybe zero Leo. Oh, matter of fact, we've got Mars there right now, zero Leo. So we're going to have so many planets. Mars is energy. It's action. It's like, let's get it done. Let's do it. So it's like, okay, let's jump in and go after what you want. I don't care if your hair is done. Just run a brush across your teeth. Jump up there and do a little video because people are waiting for you. People want knowledge. They want information. They want to hear. They want to see. Mm -hmm. So this is a wonderful time. So in the first house, so say you have Leo in the first house, so that's your rising, that is yourself. So with these eclipses happening, maybe it's time you 
fine-tune who you are and what you want and how you want to appear. If it's going through the second house, that's your money. That's how you make your money, how you make money, not money coming from your family or your spouse or whatever, how you make your money. So if it's going through Mm -hmm. the second house, maybe you need to reevaluate how you make money, pay attention to whatever's going on, and jump on it. Like Cart DM, there's an opportunity that's probably going to come with it because almost every eclipse brings opportunities. Going mm-hmm. through your third house, it's how you communicate. Maybe it's time you start that blog mm-hmm. or you make those phone calls. Fourth house mm-hmm. is home. Maybe you're looking for a home. Maybe you want to settle your home. Maybe you want to clean up your home. Maybe you want gardens in your home. Fifth house is love and fair children. Maybe you need to pay more attention to your kids. And Six is your health. Pay attention to your health, you know. So every house, no matter where, even if you don't have a planet there, wherever the, this ecliptic run is going from zero, Leo, all the way to 2852, which is almost 29. And in astrology, it's not 1 to 30. Mm-hmm. There, it's degrees. It's 30 degrees. It goes from zero to 29. So that's running okay. the entire length of the house. Seventh house is your relationships. Reassess your relationships. Could be an opportunity for a new relationship or to better your relationship or to make your relationships more secure. Eighth house, uh, legacies, endings for new beginnings. Um, could be 101 things. Taxes, maybe putting more money away for your future. Ninth house, higher education. Maybe bringing in that exchange student. Tenth house is your career. Nothing's better. And like with me, mine is between the fourth and the fifth, so it's opposing the tenth and the eleventh houses. So the tenth house is my career, so big changes coming in and, you know, thus starting a couple weeks ago, the Beachside Astrologer, just going after Mm -hmm. a a lifetime dream. And eleventh house is our Mm -hmm. friends. Okay. So we've got 11 friends and 12, all things hidden, but it's also our spiritual quest. Running the entire gamut just depends upon where it falls in our chart. You know, this is so fascinating. No, this is so fascinating <laughs> to me, of course. I have to say I have a somewhat of a, a maybe an edge because I have actually attended your astrology and action class um, where you really do give very actionable teaching about what it is, why the stars matter. I think a lot of times people get into the whole, well, is astrology really a thing kind of debate, but once you sit down and have um, a real opportunity to study the subject of it uh, and have a direct applicable teaching, it really does shift how you view your place within the whole planetary energy of the cosmos. And, you know, your astrology and action class is something that is often offered frequently through the vibrary classes. You can connect to the Facebook page to see the upcoming schedule of um, of classes. And also I'm very, very pleased to share that uh, Virginia is actually going to be teaching an Eclipse class, and that one will be offered 
uh, several times in the next three weeks as we lead up to the lunar eclipse and the solar eclipse. So if you're interested in in knowing more, uh, and just like we just had this little mini conversation, if you imagine that on steroids, that's really what a class <laughs> with Virginia is like. And so, you know, I'm fascinated because – uh, well, my moon is in Leo, but, I, you know, I love learning things. It doesn't matter really what, except I'm not much of a math person. <laughs> but um, I definitely think it's so interesting because as you're talking about it, a lot of it just makes real sense when you start to see what you're looking at in your life. And eclipses are, they're not just your, they're not just accidents, are they? No, honey, no. They're actually things that are exact. And by exact, I mean they're almost like, well, you coined it the best because I do like astrology for ourselves because I think there's nothing more empowering than to teach ourselves or to help people learn the energy or what's going down in their own life so that they can explain it and work through things that are tough and also look forward to things that are spectacular. And it's like mm-hmm. I have a joke about a Jupiter-Jupiter transit in the fourth house. Somebody said, oh, my God, that's when you get the home of your dreams. Well, when that happened the first time in my life, my son's hamster had escaped, and we found him three days later in the wall, and he was alive and well. Well, we had the most beautiful, and we did. We had the most wonderful home, but it was during that time, too, that we recognized the fact that every weekend our home was the home that everybody came to. We made pasta. Mm -hmm. We had people over for dinner. People would just come in and out, and it really was a joyous time and year. Mm -hmm. So it's finding Mm -hmm. out where this energy is and opening our doors to that energy, allowing it to come in, allowing, allowing, or like, I know this eclipse for you, I believe, well, your first and second house uh, has Mm -hmm. to deal with it, but it hits your moon. So it's like there's major transition. It's your second to eighth house. So it's like I see people rallying around you and everything happening and saying, hey, girl, let's take a walk on the wild side. Let's get this going. Let's <laughs> let's do this. You've got so much to share and so many things that are important that I believe it's really all going to come to fruition. That's my prediction. So, and we'll see That's how you awesome. feel about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I do want to let our listeners know that we are going to be putting together a caravan road trip. Because in Atlanta, the eclipse totality, which is going to be that two-and-a-half to two-minute, 50-second period when the solar eclipse on August 21st, when the sun will be crowned, when you will see its uh, circular appearance around the moon uh, as the moon blacks it out. And we have to go a little bit north or northern or east, northeasterly from here to be able to really see it, at least up to the North Georgia mountains and preferably on into Tennessee or possibly over, uh, over to um, South Carolina, I think, Carolina. as well. So I'm, yeah, so I'm trying to put together a little road trip. Let's all roll out together and experience it. I think it starts around noon Eastern Standard Time and will be done by 3 that day. So please 
follow along on the Facebook page and stay tuned for the announcements of that because I, when, when was the last full solar visible eclipse in, in the United States? Do you recall, Virginia? Well, you know, I'm not sure if it was a solar eclipse, but I do remember September 27, 2015, and actually I was on um, my quest, my, my um, transitional quest, and I had just landed in Oregon, and I went up to the mountains to see this mm-hmm. eclipse. And mm-hmm. it was absolutely life-altering. It's like I said, yeah. they start in advance. And once you know that they're going to hit, boom. There are things yeah, that... Right. Honey, well, I remember watch for it, that energy. Go ahead. I would say I remember as a child probably before junior high, being at my grandparents' farm, and we all went outside to, and so this would have been in late 70s or early 80s at the most, um, and we all went outside, and I remember it was something at that point that it was not going to be visible in that fashion for decades, like up probably until now, adulthood, (laughs) decades, you know. So um, I've always been fascinated by, uh, the skies, and I did see the blood moon eclipse a couple years ago. It was probably the one in 2015 when they were doing the Aries Libra eclipse series. But um, mm-hmm. so eclipses happen under sign pairs because you know if you have a solar eclipse, lunar eclipse, then there is a op- opposing solar eclipse because that's just uh, you know in that what 30 less than 30 day cycle one will switch position with the other and they come in a team and so they also then are a series of eclipses within that team so is it it's like maybe what three or three or four eclipse events in a in a dual sign before it moves on well Well, yes, or in or in the opposition. Like I think in September, I'm almost sure that we had a partial solar eclipse on September 13th because that's my son's birthday, and I remember it very vividly because my stepfather passed away, and it was a huge, huge ordeal for my son, and his birthday was on the 13th, which absolutely altered his life, the chain of events where he became a paramedic firefighter at that time, too. His whole, everything in his life changed. So the eclipse Mm -hmm. hit his son, changing everything in his life. And I think that we had a total lunar eclipse on September 27th or 28th. um, Mm -hmm. But I think this is the first major total solar eclipse I think it's almost 200 years, if I'm not mistaken, that we've had Mm -hmm. across the United States. Well, I am so excited about it, and I believe that we're going to have you on to do another Get ready for the eclipse. I mean, we already should be ready for it because, as you said, the energy is there. But we're going to have you back next week to do some more teaching about the energy. And then, of course, as we give our updates from week to week, um, 
Virginia will be joining us to pop in, give us a little astrology information because you have to be aware of everything. You can't just be aware of the TV news. You got to understand your environment. And many people, you know, are skeptical about astrology, but you know, even the fishermen know you don't go out to fish when the sun or the moon is in certain positions. And you don't try to fight against the tide if the moon has moved it in or out. So, you know, I think that there's something that we can learn from those who have to pay attention to nature as part of their livelihood and sustenance. You know, we, the Farmer's Almanac definitely kept track of where the moon was uh, in terms of planting and harvest. So I do have one quick question, Virginia. Maybe you can clarify and for us before you, uh, if you have to disconnect. I have heard about manifesting with the moon energy or releasing with the moon energy. Do you have mm-hmm. any – I've heard two schools of thoughts. One school says, you know, you um, release with the full moon because the moon yeah. then will be getting smaller and you manifest intention with the new moon because it will be growing fuller. And then I've seen yeah. people who say the off- opposite who say, well, the old ways um, say right. that you don't let the power of that full moon not be unutilized for manifestation because not rather than release. So they, there's – is it right? Do you know anything about that? Now, <laughs> yes, I do. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I used to go with the fall, uh, Farmer's Almanac. I've got um, ten green thumbs five on each hand. So I used to go with it for planting and uh, just about anything that I go to do. You know, I'm a stickler for void of course moons. The moon is the trigger. So if something's going to happen, it's with the moon. So the day before a new moon is when I initiate something that I want. The day before okay. a new moon. Before I start a, to a initiate. Mm-hmm. But also, with the new moon, it's going to give you clarity on a subject. So on the actual day of the new moon, I've already put out my intentions for manifestation the day before because the moon is coming. On that new moon, I like to get quiet, and I like to see, how do I feel about this, this, or that? And then I go from there. And that's when I show my gratitude. Always on the day of a new moon, I like to maybe pay the toll for the person behind me, uh, paying mm-hmm. for somebody's soda, wipe right. down something that belongs to somebody else. I want to give. I give something of gratitude without expecting anything. Now, coming to the full moon, prior to a full moon, I release. I let okay. it go. I mm-hmm. see what I need to let go. I clean the house. I clean my car. I will go ahead and, because, um, you know, I do astrology and feng shui, and I was <laughs> lucky enough to study with the monks for nine years. And I do a branch of astrology that deals with it. So 27 things leave my personal belongings before a full moon. And people go, 27 things? Well, yeah, you can bake 27 cupcakes and give them away. You can go Mm -hmm. ahead and plant 27 pennies, or you can paint 27 rocks, or 
flowers, whatever it is, especially if I want something for myself or I want something for somebody else. So I go ahead and I let go of things with the day before the full moon. And then on the full moon, I watch carefully what is shown to me. Okay. And that's when my answers come in. And you just kind of listen to either conversations or play where you happen to be that day. Is it very much just like being awake on that day late, looking for the confirmation? Blatant. Honey, it's mm-hmm. blatant. It comes out of the blue most of the time. I have to laugh because you'll be sitting there with somebody and you'll say, you know, they're really, really nice. I wonder where this is going with this person or this job or whatever. And the person will, will turn around and spew something. And you look at me and you go, really? And then they look at you like they're absolutely shocked. This is inevitable. We always have to make sure that our intentions are pure for, you know, what we're about to do, what we want or what's coming in. And be really careful around a full moon if you want to hide something. I had a friend that her husband was planning her, I think it was her 50th birthday. And um, I'm not a good fibber. I don't have a poker face. So I actually, because it was around the full moon, did not talk to her or see her for two weeks. Her heart was broken. And on the day of her party and I pulled up because I helped her husband plan this, she was laughing so hard. She said, I knew something was wrong. There was something wrong. She goes, my heart was bleeding. (laughs) <laughs> but I couldn't keep a straight face for it. So most people can't. So if you want mm-hmm. the truth on a subject, all you have to do is invite somebody for coffee the day before a full moon <laughs> or on the full moon and sit there. They're going to go ahead and tell you. You don't even have to ask. It's just going to happen. That's the truth serum. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. That is so awesome. You know, I, I I love fascinating subjects like this. Now, I will say this from what I have uh, learned, that originally astrology and astronomy were not separate in terms of the body of study, um, that they were a unified field, but that at some point then the powers that be, the PTBs, Uh, determined that it needed to be split and only one was then determined to be science and the rest then was put over in the category of bunk or pseudo, as they like to say, pseudoscience. But if you predate that kind of more modern time, like uh, what, 1400s, 1300s, 1200s, whatever, if you skip back to the thousands of years, the Mayans, all of the indigenous like people from the Chinese, all of them studied the stars, and of course they didn't have uh, telescopes and things that we think of today in terms of technology, and yet they still had star knowledge that our technology is just now confirming. And I love how we're kind of now reunifying this field in a way that, you know, even 20 years ago, it was still somewhat like, you know, your your supermarket rag um, 
uh, astrology column and astrology forecast, and now it's much different in terms of the conversations that people are having about it, you know. Uh, so, I, you know, I love that, <laughs> that we're kind of going, the more things change, the more they say the same, or we're returning to our roots, if you will. Do you know, honey, I truthfully believe I never stopped believing in either. Matter of fact, I had a very good friend of mine who was a young man, and he had moved in next door, God, must have been 30 years ago. And one one day we talked all about astrology. And then he had to go for a training, and he was gone for a while, and I missed him desperately. And I came home late from work one night, and my friends were there laughing. And um, they got really quiet, and I thought, what was going on? Anyway, the bathroom door opened. He jumped out, and he had a blanket and wine, and we went and sat uh, on the golf course on a beautiful starry night because I didn't know how much he was into astronomy. Mm. So this was a wonderful friend and as he, a young man, and he said, Virginia, you taught me so much about astrology. He said, all I could do was think about it and how it correlated with everything that I knew. And so there was a resurgence of passion in his life for astronomy. Mm. Hmm. And you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Truthfully. You know, that is so awesome, you know, and that is one reason that sharing of people who, you know, there's so much skepticism and rebuke oftentimes of ideas that aren't quote-unquote mainstream. And I don't know who's the mains and who's their stream is because it really depends on where you're flowing because the kinds of people that I'm aligned with at this time talk about planets and the placements and eclipses and moons is the mainstream, you know. And if you're mm-hmm. not talking about that, then you're not the mainstream. But it's just, I kind of guess, depends on your perspective. But the one thing is that you never know. A lot of times we hold ourselves back from sharing something with someone, especially if it pertains to our own personal knowledge, And if we don't have initials behind our name or something that we feel qualifies us to be an expert on that, we will oftentimes mute ourselves, suppress our knowledge and wisdom, when really just such a simple conversation, if you say, well, you know, honey, your moon is in Leo, da-da-da-da. And that could be the Mm -hmm. one spark that lights a wildfire that the person, you will feel a physical shift in yourself when someone hits a truth. You may not know it's a truth in your mind yet, but your spiritual body has understood that you just received something. And it may make you pause. Like I said, it may make you stay up all night like your friend. It may send you into a crisis of reality because you think, oh, my gosh, this this just shifted everything. Everything I held to be true before is now no longer true. All from you actually just sharing and opening your mouth because we are all experts in us, and we are all experts in our experience. No one else is that. So there's always something that people can learn from that, and I would just encourage our listening audience this evening to go ahead and have that conversation with somebody um, uh, and listen if somebody tries to strike up a conversation with you as well because we are all teaching and learning at the same time. And I, I just love that, you know. 
And Virginia, I'm so glad you Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I agree. And the other thing is, um, I have a relatively new young friend. He's an astrologer, too, that we met on Facebook. And we've been talking mm-hmm. about once a week. He's in the U.K., And it's like he said to me the other day, because we share so much. And he said, it's the first time in my life that I'm coming out reading as an astrologer. He said, even though I've loved this for 10 years, he said, because you didn't make me afraid. He said, you've been Mm -hmm. doing this for over 35 years because it's Mm -hmm. simply, this is it. If you studied Mm -hmm. astrology, 24-7 24-7 for 100 years, you'll never know at all. And I never right. discount. I learn things from people that have been studying for six weeks. They'll ask me a question and I'll go, what? And it's like okay. I have to delve deep into it. So it's a science that we can never know at all. So it's the never-ending story or the gift that keeps on going. And no matter what level you're at, you have a major contribution to any conversation about this, no matter what. Yes. That's so affirming. And, you know, so many people walk around not believing in themselves or believing in their value. And we're not here just living this life for no purpose. I mean, our experience is our learning. And I know that you said with your predictive astrology that you at one point had charts of all of your clients across. It was like your wallpaper motif in your house. And you Mm -hmm. look at these charts and then understand the things that the people told you when you you would start to ask them about different dynamics that might have been happening. Then they would fill in the they would color in the lines for you and even in that coloring then you understood a great body of of knowledge then that you brought forward because you found repetitive patterns of what this might look for like for you Uh, because people came to you and were willing to share their story and talk with you while you looked at their stars you know True, honey. My wall was such a wreck because it was thick pins right in the wall. It wasn't a cork wall. It was a regular drywall wall. And um, because I was studying in the beginning with what I would consider old age astrologers, and it was all doom and gloom, and there's so many of them, and there's so so many of them on the Internet that it's absolutely cray-cray. So it's Mm -hmm. like... With this eclipse, say it's coming in at 28 or 29 Leo. Well, anybody that was born between 19, say, 38 and 1956, their Pluto, the planet of transformation, volcanic transformation, you can't get away from, you know, it's like people go, oh, it's your Saturn return. you got to be careful of Saturn. Hell with that. Pluto is Mr. Pluto. However, this is generational. So it's going to have more validity for our lives as individuals, not so much hitting Pluto because we are the Pluto generation born in that time frame, but more the house that it falls into, that it's going to go through, that it's going to eclipse that house. Because wherever there's an eclipse or wherever the sun or the moon is, 
lights up that house. It's like walking in that room and flipping on a switch. So it's knowing what to do with that energy and not being afraid of it. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I love being a <laughs> lifelong learner. It's great. I mean, because, I, you know, you and I, every time we get to chatting, it turns into an hour conversation. I have to say, okay, I'm sorry, Virginia, let me let you go. I know you're running to this. You know, you got a client. You know, and so it's. I just love having the opportunity in this time and space that technology provides us to have conversations like this. And I do, so if you remind everybody, they can find your Beachside Astrology or Astrologer. I get confused. The Beachside Astrologer on Facebook. And okay. I'm doing less with the website and more with um, my Facebook page because everyone seems okay. to be going there. So it's just it's yes. just easier for me since I'm traveling all over the place right now. I just set up the page the other day. Okay. Well, so and uh, people can like reach it. out to you. Yeah, people can reach out to you to get personal um, astrology chart work as well. Still. Yes, absolutely. So right now I am concentrating on an astrology chart reading where I do their chart their progressions, where they are today, letting them know what's happening with the transits, or um, they get that with an eclipse reading. And that's very fascinating because we talk about the energy and how to leverage that energy for their highest good. And, of course, I do solar returns. So if it's your birthday, if your birthday is coming up within the next three months, that's like I moved recently to change the arc of where I was because it's a long story, but I had some tough planetary configurations and I forgot about the arc. So I moved closer to the beach, moved my planet, my moon, which is emotion, into the ninth house from the eighth house. So I do relocation astrology as well. Well, that was transformational for me. And mm-hmm. it transformed mm-hmm. within seven days. So I do just about, you know, it's easier if somebody goes, hey, uh, this is what's going on. And I say, okay, let's take a walk on the wild side. Let's find out this, this, and this, and how does it work for you? So it's an hour, two hours, whatever you need. And um, we go ahead and we leverage the astrological Um, configuration that's going on in the sky right now and how it's landing in your chart. And we go ahead to see what you want. What do you want? Let's make it happen for you. Well, I think that is wonderful because you're helping people to achieve their, their best and highest outcome. And that knowledge of the stars and energy and placement can really boost you into a different uh, dynamic. And I am going to be putting information out there about your Eclipse, a little Eclipse boot camp. Uh, It's going to be very affordable, about 45 minutes uh, to an hour, I believe, uh, depending Mm -hmm. on what your final outline is. But we're going to get that information out to you all very soon because it's time to be doing your preparation. And I think we'll have about three classes, maybe four, before the first uh, lunar eclipse uh, around the 
I think the 7th of August. So, you know, Virginia, I really appreciate you giving a call this evening. I'm going to have to make a note that, you know, I just don't want to have a little short snippet with you when you call in to give us our energy updates. We're going to have to make sure we have a segment where we can get all of your information because, you know, it's so from month to month, not even month to month, day to day in some energies, things can really change for people. We don't want to get that granular when we're on a general audience kind of um, listening, but certainly every few weeks we'd love for you to come back and, and we'll get your personal beachside astrology moment <laughs> going for the audience so that they can stay connected and dialed into that aspect. So I'm giving you a big hug, Virginia, and I wish you the best as you're continuing to do your things this week. And uh, feel free to stay on. I'm just going to finish up talking about the current events and energies. Oh, I do have one more question. Mm. If people are experiencing tiredness, like sudden that doesn't have anything to do with like your life busyness. I've heard that that can be due to, you know, like the solstice energy or um, the time leading into Mercury retrograde that your energy levels can also then respond. Either you can be frantically hyper up, oh, I'm going, 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 you know, or you could be like, oh, I just can't get focused. Do you find that to be true as well? Well, you know, I, I kind of do, like, but again, there are some times that we go and we are so focused on what's happening in our lives that we start wearing ourselves out. And yes. the universe comes in and says, hey, time to slow down. And we slow down. Like, um, today there was an aspect, and it was um, Mars, the planet Mars going into Leo, a zero-one Leo. So I've got Uranus there, the planet of surprise and energy. Mm -hmm. And everyone, old age astrologers said, you know, you better be careful because you can have a car accident, fall down the stairs, cut yourself, be careful of electronics, blah, 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 blah. No, I took one of the most enlightening classes today, was on my feet more hours than I had been in a long time, and I'm happier than a bug in a rut. So <laughs> it's turning whatever energies is uh, available or working. And I truthfully believe when we're very, very tired, there is a reason for it in the reality of our lives more so that than planetarily like if we're in the shadow okay. of something like we're in the shadow of this eclipse right now then i mean it depends if, if you've got something that squares and it's hard to go through and, and talk about all of that but when we're in class we talk about it that could be something that um well we have to pay more attention if there's something that's hitting maybe our mercury or our neptune the planet of, of illusion or delusion then we can feel that. So it's knowing where our are and what's transiting, and that's just a simple. It's a simple mm-hmm. thing to learn. Mm-hmm. So and I, so I don't know. A lot of astrologers talk about different things. They'll say the planets. Now, what I do know is we've been hit with some major solar flares. So yes, even though I may, yes. yep, I may not blame it on the planets. I will tell you, with the solar flares going off, people are up all night long. 
their eyes are mm-hmm. pinned, they're exhausted, mm-hmm. or they can't lift their head, depending upon how the solar flares are hitting them and where they are. So I know that um, the cosmic energy actually can make a difference. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times mm-hmm. I think it's what we do, where we are, what we're thinking. we got too much on our heads. Right. Right. My and opinion. Now I was like, wait. And then I was like, wait, now i got to think about it, and i got to know where my house is, is aspecting my squares and my chart, you know. But I think that, <laughs> that not to be intimidated about astrology because it really does integrate into your awareness in a way yeah. that it just kind of becomes part of your way of viewing the world around you and being cognizant Ooh. of things rather than being subject to, you know, influences that you're just not aware of. So I don't want anybody to be too intimidated about the technical, what may sound like technical jargon and that, because it really is more accessible than what you realize. And Virginia does an awesome job really bringing it home to her students in the class. So, Virginia, thank you for joining me this evening for the Astrology Update. <laughs> and I expect I'll and be thank, talking with you. <laughs> thank you. Thank everybody that's on. Yes, thank you. All right, Virginia, thank you. Ciao, Bella. So I'm so excited. Virginia was able to spend an extended time with us this evening. That was an unexpected treat, which is, you know, as she said, unexpected surprise. So I do encourage you to check out her page at Beachside Astrology. And I personally can attest to having uh, seen her class teaching and learned quite a bit from her that it is very valuable and instructive. And um, also she's actually a woman of many, many talents, and she's got some classes also out there about how to present yourself in the entertainment industry. She also has an extensive resume resume working with celebrities, stars, and grooming talent and is a master makeup artist as well and stylist. And, I mean, she is a powerhouse, and I want to be like her when I grow up. (laughs) So I definitely encourage you to connect with her on Facebook and reach out going forward. Now, it is very interesting that she mentioned the solar flare energies because I will say that um, there is a teaching that I have run across that talks about um, the sun being not just a planetary object, but it is like the energy source for souls, which is why the solar is the word. Um, But I've seen it spelled S-O-U-L. A-R instead of S-O-L-A-R, and that when there are things like solar flares or coronal mass ejections, CMEs, where there are um, energetic pushes that... um, that are released from the surface of the moon, I mean, of the sun, that those actually contain downloads of information for us that our bodies are processing. Um, and those that is partly why we might be tired because we're doing a level of soul integration with what is referenced as light codes. Um, so... I personally have been watching a gentleman on Facebook for a long time. His uh, his channel is Suspicious Observers, 
and he is a you know a pure scientist. He and his sky watching team. I mean, this is the ultimate in scientific kind of uh, geekery in the area of of solar energy, and they chart the and the body of the Earth and how it responds to these ejections, and they're watching all of the NASA feeds, they're collecting data off of all of these scientific places where it's bits, bytes, graphs, charts, and he is interpreting it and then sharing every day before 5 a.m., I think. He's sharing his daily update. It's only five or six minutes, and they are talking about, you know, where the earthquake watch is, and they have charts and maps to show there is definitely a physical corollary to the planet when these ejections flow down to us. And so I think that just like the moon influences us, that um, certainly the sun does. And, of course, sometimes we get warnings about, oh, stay inside because there's going to be a lot of um, harmful UV rays because we just had a, a solar flare, things of that nature. But in the conscious community, I see over and over again people saying, work with this energy because you are receiving valuable information from a higher consciousness that you will then need to integrate um, into your, it will be integrated, and you just basically need to give your body the opportunity to integrate it and by resting, and then it will filter up through your consciousness at the appropriate time. So, you know, I find that uh, very interesting because I've started kind of charting my own feelings in relationship to that, and I do find, you know, I was very, very tired this weekend unexpectedly, and I believe that that was when part of that um, solar uh, energy was hitting, you know, so um, it's very interesting overall. Everything's interesting to me, but that's when you're an information person, you get to be like that. <laughs> so I wanted to bring on one of our listeners on the air who has joined us from week to week as we've been talking about things just to get her feedback about last week's show and some of the things we talked about and what she's heard this evening. And I'm welcoming Monica to the Vibrarian Show this evening. How are you, Monica? I'm doing great. Glad to be here, and as always, information flowing immediately. Miss Virginia had me sitting here stunned writing. <laughs> you know, just you are a writer. You're in always all the information. <laughs> yeah, just taking in all the information. And um, again, I just can't commend you. You know, I can't. I just can't stop thanking you for opening up this forum and just allowing this information to be able to flow out to, you know, let's say the average Joe, you know, because for me, each show is just showing me different things and how things line up, and it's just a beautiful thing, truly a beautiful thing. (laughs) Well, thank you, and I appreciate people who, like you, are listening and passing the word around to others and listening and getting the word out, because um, each of us is so connected. Really, it is a web of life and and everybody's somebody's cousin, so to speak, you know. Um, so when yes. you're passing and mm-hmm. sharing the posts and things on to people, uh, that's a beautiful exchange. And then information comes back through you, again, to the audience as well. And, I mean, like when you were listening to Virginia, what was your your initial other than, oh, my God, let me get my pen? Well, 
as always, you know, I start making connections, you know, and as the information flows and I start, you know, looking at, you know, things that are happening, you know, that happened last week, this week, you know, even today I start making connections and trying to line up to what she was saying. And one of the craziest thing is I was always young. When I was young, I was always into you know, astrology, <laughs> but, you know, coming from the church, like, oh, no, you know, the first time that song came out, they said, you know, I'm a Leo, I'm a Capricorn, you know, as kids, we would sing that, and our parents would be like, no, <laughs> and I thought about that love, and I looked over at my, I have a couple bookshelves, and, you know, I I love to go and get books and read and different things, and I had an old book by Max, I think, Hindendahl, and it was written in, I think, the 1920s about the message in the stars. And when Virginia started talking, it's just like all of a sudden the book kind of like highlighted, like, you remember when you brought this? <laughs> you never got finished <laughs> got reading it. Now she's full. You got a glow around it. <laughs> <laughs> now she's schooling you why you should have read the rest of this because you could have, you know what I mean, you'd have been a lot, you know, more advanced and understanding some of the jargon that she was using. And I was just, again, just so blown away by just how everyday reality, the, you know, the signs just show themselves so vividly. But if you're not paying attention, you may miss the whole thing. So I was just like, again, blown away, like, wow. Never thought about when you talked about the solar flares, and I'm like, what? I never, you know, I mean, you hear about energy and energy and, you know, fluctuations, but you really don't know everything. And then someone comes in, like you said, and says something, and you get that little tingle, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, that's something that's sticking. You know, that's, there's truth there. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, again, just like, wow. <laughs> wow, I was on <laughs> the right path. Oh, now I know why that didn't work out last week. You know, all those things start going. And you start seeing, you know, I feel like to me it's a calming. It's a calming mm-hmm. effect, you know what I mean, knowing that you're not strange, it's unusual, that what you feel, what you see, even sometimes what you hear, even though it goes against what you taught, you've been taught, that it still rings true. So that gives you the mm-hmm. motivation just to step out there just a little bit more and educate yourself, you know. For me, you know, it's always about breaking barriers of constructed realities of how we're supposed to think and stepping mm, I love it, breaking barriers. I love that, breaking barriers of constructed realities. <laughs> I'm going to have to write that you down. Know. Where's my pen? <laughs> now I'm going to write that down like you're right. Breaking barriers of constructed realities. I'm okay, that's that, you know, that. that's that energy that's flowing. Miss Virginia was talking about that's that energy. Like my creativity is like <laughs> kind of off the charts. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm really enjoying it, you know, but again, the fluctuations, like for me today was like one of those crazy days where you find yourself like, really, what is going on? <laughs> what direction? And she was able to kind of put a a warm you know, even in all this heat, a warm blanket into understanding this is a transition. This is something that you're supposed to be going through. You're supposed to be learning from this. Don't worry about it. 
this too shall pass. Ride you know, the wave, right? And it's, right, ride the wave. So it, to me, as the inf- and that's what the information is about and getting it out to the public is saying that, you know, it's not as bad as you think. There's a reason why it's happening, and you will and can get through it. You know, there's always, you know, you know the universe is always working on your behalf. Well, you know, one of the things that you shared with me a couple months back is that you had, uh, to your remembrance, an astrology chart that was a large illustrated poster that I think one of your uh, aunties or someone had given you. And after, I think, coming to one of the Elevation Station events or maybe hearing Virginia one of the first times she was on, you went looking for it. And you hadn't been able to find it, but you found it. And... You are you not going to believe this. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, Joe, but I am looking at it. I Not only did I find it, but I had a frame that I, you know how I love to go thrift shopping, shopping and looking at different things and getting all stuff. I had this frame and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to use for put this, put it in the front, put in this particular frame. And the other day, I looked, I pulled it, I had found it and put it on the wall, and something said, you need to encase it in glass. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm sitting right here looking at it, encased <laughs> in glass, sitting up in all its glory, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's amazing. And, I, and the other day I sat on the floor and I looked at it and I was, you know, stunned at, as I started looking closer, that, you know, I could see the ruins, you know, the, and the angel, the archangel's names and the longitudes and the latitudes and, you know, all those things. And I'm like, you know, when she said, when you said about the two scientists as being one at one time, mm-hmm. that's what that picture definitely describes. This chart definitely describes it. And I think it's um, 1921 is when this actual chart was created. And it's, it literally, I mean, and I can't wait because the next time we see each other, I'm bringing it. I'm putting it in a car and I'm bringing it so you can see just how much this conversation explained that whole calendar, you know, that whole breakdown of astrology, the world of astrology and understanding your your destiny. And again, well, 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 Virginia I just said, I think we'll have to get you to take a picture of it and share it uh, underneath today's episode. I've got a commentary as we're talking about different subjects. So I would love for you to come back and share that because one thing that fascinated me was that it had the angelic overseers of each energy through, I think, the signs and the houses. And the planets. Yeah, that was very interesting (laughs) to me, you know, and so – I definitely would appreciate it if you would share that picture for everyone. Oh, <laughs> as well. definitely. I was just it's it's the astrology is the clock of destiny. Legitimate astrology mm-hmm. and, and it just goes into it's a six star from the books by Vivian E. Robinson and the longitudes of the stars as of January twenty seventh. And um I'm gonna try and take a picture a really good picture of it so that you can see. But just in breaking it down just for me as a Capricorn, and I'm not going to even try and say all the names because I can't pronounce even half of them that are on there, 
but it breaks each house down as far as the 10th house in Capricorn. It explains position and honor, you know, standing in community, ambition, profession, organization, idealism, and then you have the ruins. And But also here, you know, the key was the latitude and longitudes of the stars at that exact moment. And, I mean, it breaks every – it just, again, I did not understand how to read it. And just in understanding and listening to Miss Virginia, I was just like, wow, she just broke this down, like, really quickly. And, it, you know, it has, like, keys to the planetary, uh, planetary astrology, keys to the planet, planetary data, keys to the signs. You know, it breaks it down from the sign to the symbol to the key, the hierarchy, and that's where we talk about the um, the hierarchy of the angels and um, where they're sitting, the realm, whether or not it's in the world of God, you know, of the virgin or the spirit. I mean, just it gets really in-depth. It goes into the gems and the crystals, minerals and salts, and even rules. And as even as I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? Again, I'm thinking, all right, chakras have to be somewhere in here. And <laughs> I've never seen, and the key is, when I remember when I lost it, I went looking for it. I've never been able to find this exact chart. As much as I've been on the Internet trying, you know what I mean, for years trying to find it, haven't found it. Mm-hmm. And this old chart, like I said, just cracks open. It's almost like a code key. So I'm going to try and take a picture so that people can really understand how the, today's show really ties in to this particular <laughs> gem. Well, that my the aunt jewel that so you uncovered found <laughs> for me, and I don't. I want to do it, you know, the justice it deserves in getting the picture. So, because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people, and this is one of the things I was thinking. I'm gonna have to give you for. Um, you know, a gift, a copy of it, so you can just, so we can all have it in our library, just as a form of reference. Well, you know, one thing that that Virginia has mentioned, and I've heard other people talking about, is, you know, there's old astronomy and there's new astronomy. And if you look at the 90 years now since that chart was, uh, and those concepts were, uh, given, there have been new planets Mm -hmm. discovered. I think Chiron is one of the newer things, and some of the influences have, it is a living science. So it's interesting because, go ahead. Well, that was one of the things I, I wanted to ask because one of the things that I noticed that, you know, of course, you know, in our journey together, I had to get every astrologer's astrology book I could back, you know, not too long ago. And I noticed just recently that the dates have changed with certain signs. Whereas, um, for an example, where the Capricorn was usually to stop on the 20th, you know, now Aquarius, I think, starting on the 21st, now Aquarius starts on the 20th. So, you know, and that was one, another reason why I went back to the chart because I started seeing how even the books that I had purchased, I think, in the 90s all have that particular date for the Capricorn, but now the new stuff that is out 
has a switching date. So I couldn't understand how, what, what made the change, you know what I mean? And like you said, it's a living document. And that was one of the questions I wanted to ask her, how does that happen? Well, uh, you know, I believe that uh, Virginia is still listening in as she's uh, doing her work. And I'm going to check in real quick to see, Virginia, are you still with us? Oh. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry to put Hi. you on the spot again, but I just wanted to no, see if, you know, okay. rather than speak for you. <laughs> well, I was listening to this, you know, um, it's kind of funny because somebody says, you know, a lot of times I'll see, like, I'm born on September 23rd, 1955, and I am a Libra. And so many people go, no, you're Virgo, and you even act like a Virgo. And it's like, no, I'm a Libra. Depending upon the year we're born and where we're born, the longitude and latitude of where we're born, um, will go ahead and let us know um, whether we are one sign or the other. And it's like people say, oh, you're born on the cusp. So you're a little like this or you're a little like that. No, I appear to be more Virgo, little anal retentive, because my Mars is there. So my energy, not my life force, but my energy is very Virgo in nature. So it just strictly depends on the year we're born. Um, and years ago it was a little bit different because you'll see that it, it changed or where you're born to whether or not you are um, a Taurus or a Gemini or um, if you are a Virgo or a Libra. So um, there's, there's nobody that's really cuspy. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. So we are what we are according to our date, and um, it just depends upon our year. There is a book, and it's actually there's, it's online, too. It's called An Ephemeris, and I know okay. it's, it's, yeah, and it is every year for 2,000 years, but you can go back even more, um, Mm-hmm. And it has every, all of our information there. And, um, well, actually, it's like 9,000 years. And um, mm-hmm. uh, it's called an astrology ephemeris. And it will give you the degree of your sun, of your moon, of your Mercury, your Venus, everything right across the board for your nodes and everything. So depending okay. on where you were born. I'm sharing that on the Facebook page so that people will be able to reference it. And in terms of, say, that chart from 1927, um, Mm -hmm. would it still be, would there be anything concerning in terms of using it, or would it just, it's still applicable, but there might be some shifts because of new planets, just more a depth of knowledge that has emerged since the time that it was written? Or well, always, have we lost always. some of the layers? No, no. Actually, one of my favorite astrology books, I don't remember the full name of it, but it was um, William Lilly's book. And it was like from 18-something. And it's just absolutely 
amazing. It was a foundation. I found it at an antique store when I was a little girl, and it was something I read under the covers that night with a flashlight. (laughs) And it was absolutely amazing. So what we have discovered are, you know, there are more planets than there were then that they've discovered. Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. things that are called fixed stars. And there are asteroids that people are talking about. So, you know, I never get into them real heavily, but that's my, that's one of my passions. I go in there to look up the asteroids. But this chart that she's talking about, I couldn't hang up and do my work. It's like I was mesmerized. I have to see it. <laughs> I thought you might be. So what definitely, Monica, yeah, I we'll just, get you. I just posted it. Yeah, I just posted it on Facebook. <laughs> I couldn't figure out. And um, hello, Miss Virginia. I'm enjoying you completely. <laughs> but, oh, um, hi, darling. I How are you? I just posted I'm doing just fine. I just posted it, so I couldn't figure out how to post it to the page, and I sent it over to um, to um, Joelle so she can see it. Maybe she can post it from her phone to the page itself, but okay. um, so that you can actually see it. Because again, it's it's a to me it's amazing now that I know I was one, I knew one day I was gonna someone was gonna be able to tell me and explain to me exactly what it meant, and I I realized I've brought books to try to help me understand it, but it just Mm -hmm. didn't, nothing kind of clicked until today and hearing you talk, and it was like, oh, my goodness, that's what that meant (laughs) when it said the planet was there. Well, if I can in any way just help decipher um, those kind of things for you, I'm happy to do it, and um, because I love that. I absolutely love it. Sometimes I think I should have been a forensic astrologer because <laughs> I, I love digging deep. I love, the, although I'm not a fatalist or a mundane astrologer, I don't look for the negativity. I certainly do look for the energy. You know, there were a, a million, thousands of years ago, they controlled entire nations with astrology. Exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. so, and they used to scare people, and I see a lot of um, the astrologers today doing this, and there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. I can't even follow anymore and talk to because of the amount of negativity. However, to be able to see something like that and understand what was going on. You know, there are times when there are great plagues or wars or whatever, and depending upon who's writing it, they didn't have the Internet. God, they didn't have telephones, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like they were limited to whatever was in the village or whoever stopped by. And thus why I would have, like, no less than 300 charts stuck to a wall and calling people all the time and going, hey, what happened here on this date? And he was, oh, Virginia, leave me alone. But <laughs> I, got to the, <laughs> I got to the bottom of it, you know, like I had mm-hmm. an aspect that was coming up and, and an old age astrologer shook her head and she goes, you know, that's a very hard aspect. She goes, you're going to lose your mother. And I thought, 
who are you that you would say something like that? So anyway, Mm -hmm. we got into um, a conversation about it, and I never spoke to her again. She was like a mother. She was kind of right, mm-hmm. but my mother didn't pass away. So you don't pr- you don't go into those types. What happens mm-hmm. is we look for something and we worry. And worry is what negativity feeds off of. Mm-hmm. So you don't want it, to – it's not like um, – Yep, yep, yo, everything's yep, yep, yo. I mean, we all have our stuff that we've got to do, but we don't want to um, create something or say something that could or could not happen. Under a Mars aspect, yeah, yeah, be careful. You know, be aware of what you're doing. You can get hurt. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're gonna. Right. But I can't wait to I see think- this chart. I think that's one where where people think or hesitate about astrology because they say, well, I'm not going to let anybody just determine my life because I read about it in a newspaper. And they feel like, well, because you read it, then you must behave in that fashion and then therefore you are fulfilling something you would not have done had you not read the astrology forecast. And I think that's Mm -hmm. not really how forecasts are meant to be viewed. Uh, It's, again, as you said, awareness rather than, oh, my God, don't go out of your house for the next three weeks because Mercury retrograde, don't drive your car. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't do that with any kind of advice that we get. You know what I'm saying? Do you know Mercury Mercury retrogrades are one of the greatest times in life, I save all of my filing, everything I need to go through and clean out for a retrograde. Also, if I can't get something to work, it's time for a do-over. Remember you're a kid and you're doing something and it doesn't work and you yell do-over mm-hmm. and everybody lets mm-hmm. you do it again. And then you get it right the second time. Mercury can help you with that. I used to um, advise, I know you worked in legal. I wasn't in legal. However, I used to chart uh, legal matters for clients. And if they were waiting for a judgment or waiting for a decision and it wasn't happening, it could go on for this, that, or I would tell them when to file their paperwork. And I'd say, you know what? A retrograde's coming up. Let's do it during the retrograde. It's a time to set things straight. And it would it mm-hmm. would finish up. If it wasn't one, it was the next one. So there's a lot of things mm-hmm. to be aware of, but nothing to truly be afraid of. Mhm. You know, one I of the things that um, yeah. One of the things that I learned from the chart that um, Monica had it was quite quite interesting because it had the archangel uh, who is over each sign. And I believe that you told me for Libra it was the archangel Uriel. And just a few months ago I was living in Mexico for a period of time and my favorite little Italian restaurant (laughs) that I went to, the area I was in was very heavily expat so there were people from all over the world. But this wonderful guy, I'd been going there probably once a week for a couple months and I just never asked his name. And 
I asked him one day, and he said, oh, it's Uriel. And I thought, I said, you know that's an archangel's name? And he looked surprised that I knew. And uh, he was like, well, yes, yes, it is. And mm-hmm. not even a f- couple days later, I ran into a guy at the lavanderia getting, picking up my laundry, and he introduced himself, and then he, I said, what's your name? And he said, Uziel. And I said, in the space of one week, I just met two people in Mexico with the names of archangels. That can't be a coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I took it to mean there was angelic energy always around you, whether you're aware or not. And so when I had come back and returned in December when Monica shared that chart with me, and so I was blown away to know that that was a, an alignment with my Libra astrology, according to this particular chart that was provided. So I love information. It helps tie the threads together. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> I, for me, the chart took me into, you know, again, different avenues. I went and I had a dictionary of angels and sitting there one day looking at the chart, happened to look over at it again and said, well, let me look. And it started matching up. And adding more things to the chart, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> look at how the, how beautiful the connections and how they intertwine and just how much information we don't know that is is so valuable just for, you know, just every day understanding the turns and twists that we experience, not only physically but mentally and spiritually, and the information was there, but now it's just—I don't know. It's, to me, it's just amazing. But it—it's—it's it, sad that that information is still not in in rotation now. You know, it's, it's, it's really sad that we. Yeah. Well, in my when I, when I guess when I say rotation, I mean that we have we we're still in that under that umbrella of what we should believe and what we shouldn't believe. And, you know, I like this, you know, uh, give an example of the veil, you know, a veil over your eyes, and but it's thin enough that you can see. But you have to make a decision to kind of pull it from your face so that you can see clearly. And that's the way that I describe my journey as I've started to embrace things outside of my my particular realm of knowledge and you know and coming from a christian foundation you know and pulling the veil off and just like wow i didn't you know in the bible it talks about uh you know following the stars and different things and you know even in reading that i was like wow you know they did everything back then you know how did we get to a point where this wasn't, you know, don't look at this, don't look at that, just only look at this, when it seemed like the early um, religious movements really had it that it was it was an influx of everything. You had, there was everywhere you turned, you can see. All you had to do was just open your eyes. So it's just amazing to to be so well, open was, and to be into oh, for information just to flow like it is now. 
Well, I was just hearing in my head Shrek saying, life is like an, I'm an onion, I have layers, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that, uh, yeah. astrology is one of those layers that you can peel off and get to the underneath side of it, and it's not going to make you cry, you know what I mean? And you can integrate it again into your perspective, and once you dig a little deeper, you know, and... uh when we share knowledge like this, it's helping someone dig a little deeper and it pushes us ourselves to to go in and unravel the mysteries that are mm-hmm. not that mysterious once you start to get the the knowledge needed and the mystery burns away and everything becomes much clearer. And you can and stop you know, limiting your information. Yeah. So we we don't look at astrology just as, you know, picking a partner you know, or a love connection, you know, oh, I'm a Leo and I should be, you know, you realize that your 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 destiny is also tied in. So it's just not just about your love life. It's about your career. It's about your ambitions. It's about everything that surrounds you and guides you as you go through this particular life cycle. And well, God, I, God Virginia, I, I just... I'm sorry? Well, I was... I was going to say, I think, Virginia, your perspective from what I've learned from you is that your destiny is not determined. You know, you relocated mm-hmm. yourself to leverage the astrological energy. Now, there are certain influences that you're born under and that are part of your uh, biological resonance because of the time, place, and space when you incarnated. But, you know, that idea that, well, I'm destined to be blah, 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 because I am a such and such, you're saying pick yourself up, get the knowledge, and move yourself somewhere where you're going to be able to shift what you don't want uh, where you can. Right. You've got to use whatever's available. And it's even like... um, with myself, everybody says to me, or so many astrologers have said, I've got um, something called Chiron in my 10th house. And they go, oh, I was, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to this uh, astrologer in England, Phil, about Chiron, a uh, young astrologer. And he said, you know, that's your greatest wound. That's this, that, and the other. I said, no, it's not. People got it wrong. Chiron looks like a key because it's the key that unlocks where you're going in the future. It's the key to our future. It's not something that's painful that we have to heal from. It's something that we've got to grab that key and use it to open up our future. I have a question. Well, I have a question about that because... um, for a person who might have received two different readings, somebody mm-hmm. who says, you know, oh, your wound, versus you who says your key, yeah. um, how do you advise people to approach astrology readings with um, people in the professional sense? If you feel something has conflicted you or I mean, because at this point you wouldn't know that it doesn't resonate. You would know that it doesn't resonate with you because you're an astrologer and you're like, no, that's not what I'm receiving. But to a person who is not as informed, then they might take that, you know, and I've certainly heard the Chiron is the wounded healer um, 
aspect presented across many astrologer, you know, um, channels mm-hmm. and stuff. So how, how, what should people look at when they are getting charts and readings and stuff done? Okay, for me, it's like I said, I truly became an astrologer because people scared the heck out of me with things that they said, and I needed to prove them non, not correct. So if somebody starts out with the negativity, like, oh, my God, Saturn, you've got Saturn there right now. Well, yeah, there are aspects that Saturn is extremely difficult. However, Saturn's the teacher. So, and there's only one planet, Mr. Pluto, that um, we basically don't have any control over. It's the underworld. However, almost it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's bad at all. It just means it goes deep. So um, I find as I listen, that's why, you know, I belong to all the different astrology forums on Facebook and the rest. And as soon as I see everybody becomes a fatalist or something negative, I disassociate because I can't. And it's the same thing with people and the rest. I won't. I won't engage or be around people that gossip, and I will not be around um, people that are nasty to other people. There's, so in my everyday life, if I don't allow negativity, I'm certainly not going to pay somebody <laughs> to tell me bad mm-hmm. things. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I have a friend. She's a wonderful tarologist. She uh, reads the cards brilliantly. And um, I'll say, well, you know, what do you think, blah, 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 blah. And she'll say, you know, I laid out your card, honey. She goes, I'm not going to lie to you. She said, things aren't that much easier, but they're getting better. Keep your attitude here, here, and here. You know, the transits that I'm, that I'm under. So it's like, okay, as long as I understand that, I'm okay. What direction should I go? What should I do with this? So a good reader is going to point you in the direction you want to go for your highest good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to scare you. See, most people are the unknown of readings, and they're like, I don't want to hear anything bad. I don't want to find out anything bad. And, again, that's that fear kind of um Popular culture doesn't help very much because they've always got the gypsy-esque looking character who, uh, you know, delivers this I see death and toil in your future kind of experience. And so mm-hmm. people do get very fearful. Oh, I have catastrophic chart alignments in my Saturn node north, south, upside down. And it, uh, woe is me, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, the internet and technology and able to share, you know, people thought that when the solar eclipses happened, it was the end of the world. You know, when the sun mm-hmm. went black, it was a catastrophic experience for the ancient civilizations who didn't have a perspective to know, yes, the sun is going to come back, wait three minutes. You know what I'm saying? Right, um, right. Well, I'm sure <laughs> they were terrified. I'm mm-hmm. sure they were. You know, like my mother didn't let us go out of the house when there was an eclipse because we would have gone blind. So, I mean, 
Okay, I was born in 55, <laughs> so maybe it was still 1965, 1970. So, I mean, she truly believed that we weren't, that during this eclipse, we weren't allowed out of the house to play mm-hmm. or anything. Because God forbid we should look up, we'll be blind. And if we weren't blinded immediately, we would have been blinded inevitably. So... You know, and say that to this day. Eclipse isn't going to blind you. It's not good for your eyes. I wouldn't stare into a car headlight either, you know. You flip that on. But, um, no, you're not going to go blind. (laughs) Well, I do know we all have safety glasses at our eclipse uh, thing. And I believe you can go to your observatories wherever you are. Um, if you have like a firm bank science center like we have here in Atlanta and other mm-hmm. astro- astronomy clubs, which are always mm-hmm. very much focused on educating kids, will have those solar eclipse glasses available in bulk packages for a very, very minimal amount of money because this really is a phenomenon that you will not want to miss observing in your lifetime, you know. But um, I wanted to thank both of you for being on this evening. We've been able to go for almost uh, almost two hours on an hour show, which I love. <laughs> but uh, we are going to be wrapping up here. And I wanted Goodness. to thank both you and Monica for joining in the conversation this evening. And I also wanted to let everyone know that uh, one of the activities that I have planned is that In September, I have put together a trip called a Mayan Journey, and I am producing this trip with a lady named Liesl Albright, the retreat alchemist. She's out of Australia, a phenomenal woman. I met her last year in Playa del Carmen and learned how to do retreat planning from her. And um, uh, we decided to collaborate to bring out a trip to Chichen Itza, which Chichen Itza is one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, I believe, or the new, excuse me, the new world. And it is because they built it so that when the equinox happens, the, there is the phenomenon where you see the shadow of the serpent feather god Kuku Khan descend Ooh. down this temple. And people come to Chichen Itza by the hundreds every day. The cruise ships bring tours. There are all manner of excursions from the hotels and resorts down in the Cancun or Riviera Maya area. And the equinox phenomenon happens two times a year. And so uh, when we um, will be going down there in order to experience this event. And um, so we have some space is still available for that trip. You can also visit the Facebook page to find out the full details. It is approaching in less than uh, a little over 60 days, I think. So if you're interested in joining us, then please do. And if not, then next year we will be having a group come back in March for the vernal equinox. This is the autumnal or autumn equinox that we're going to experience. And once again, it also just speaks to the the knowledge that some of the oldest civilizations and cultures knew that we do not know about. You know, if the Mayans were able to construct a pyramid so that on two days a year this phenomenon was available, and not only that, if it was 
important to them to construct it. I mean, everything in their society looked at the alignment of the constellations and the stars and stuff like that, and they they put great effort into building structures that reflected this star knowledge. So um, if we have an opportunity to observe that, then I think that's wonderful. And I was there last year myself during the fall equinox, um, and I was taken there by our guide for this package. His name is Richard. He's a Mayan archaeological expert, and um, I'm so excited to be able to bring people there this year and going forward to experience this amazing event that is now hundreds and hundreds of years old because I think Chichen Itza was constructed somewhere in six around between 300 to 600 AD. So, you know, if we look at the height of civilization and technology, the Mayans were um, uh, able to build something with an exactitude, just like the Grand Pyramids in Egypt, um, and um, where they're able to see on the the North Star shines down through one little opening and sends its light down where it intersects with another little tunnel that they don't even know how these tunnels were built engineering-wise. They've been able to only now begin to measure them um, um, to be able to say, oh, well, we just found out that it shines because we were able to do infrared imaging, but we didn't know before that there was this um, tunnel or chute or, or whatever. So, you know, I think this is awesome. And again, it's the intersection of the old and the new and that knowledge is emerging every day. And I'm very, very happy to be able to share and explore these topics with you each week. I do invite you to come back next week on Tuesday is the Psychic Inside Show, and um, again, Lady M, Martha Rivers is the guest, and then on uh, next Thursday, please come back for another fascinating, lengthy, and interesting discussion on the Vibrarian Show. I'm so happy that you joined me this evening, and uh, Monica, thank you for your contribution and for being a supporter of the show Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. It's my pleasure. Totally my pleasure. Well, and also very thank you. And we're going to get a scan. I'm going to have to just come up. We're going to have to go scan that chart so we can see it in all its full detail. Yes. Because, uh... Yeah, I want to get it kind of, I want to see who I can take it to to kind of clean it up and get some of the, you know, color out of it so we can get it so you can really get bright and beautiful so we can start sharing. I definitely feel this is something that we need to kind of push out to the public and say, hey, you know, all this stuff entwines. (laughs) It does. It's all connected. And and I thank Virginia Alexander, the B-Shot Astrologer, for coming this evening and sharing her star knowledge and her personal experiences being a professional astrologer. And uh, definitely recommend that you check her out. Please head over to the Vibrarian Facebook page where you can see a recap of tonight's episode. And also in about a week or so, this episode will be available on the Vibrary YouTube channel. If you just search for the Vibrary on YouTube, you'll find all of the content that we have aired over there for you to continue to listen to at your leisure if you're an I 
phone, Apple, iPad user, you can also subscribe to receive this automatically through the podcast directory on iTunes in the uh, iTunes store. You can subscribe, and then you don't have to worry about uh, the live broadcast. You can just listen in on your morning commute or when you're exercising in the evening. So I thank you so much, everyone, for joining me. This has been The Vibrarian Show. I wish you all of the blessings that you can possibly, possibly contain, even to the overflowing for yourself in this next week. I look forward to our next conversation. Namaste.